Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Raptors in the Kitchen. I did not give us 15 seconds silence for I know, the I was thinking. noise. No. Uh, will we do that now? Mm-hmm. Take two? Take two. Hello everybody <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Raptors in the Kitchen. It is the 27th of September 2018. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Paco Rodriguez, and I am joined by... Jack's complete lack of surprise, it's Tommy Vass. Hello, welcome to Fight Club. Um, Dude, what was the first rule? Yeah. Jeez, oh. Yeah, no, no, fucked it already. You're too fucking blonde. Too fucking blonde. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man. How you doing, Tommy? Ah, not bad, man. Uh, Usually we have uh, Neil McCulloch, but he is sunning it up in Mexico. Um, He'll be back, hopefully... Well, hopefully he'll be back in general, you know what I mean? He might not, he might not come back because Mexico looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, we did see a Sicario 2, and we know that kidnapping's a thing that happens in Mexico, so... This is true, yeah. Um, but, as we've also discussed, nobody's going to want to kidnap Neil. I don't know, man, like, now that he's got that hair, maybe. What about, well, his chefing skills as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But they wouldn't know that. Oh, I don't know, man, he does... Like look for opportunities to present his chefing skills to the world, so mm. maybe he's made them a meal. Mm. I doubt Neil has made anything since he's been over there. I think he has absolutely signed up and loving like the free. Sh- well, it's not a free bar, but or was that a free bar? I think it's an all inclusive thing. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it, like, they have paid for it, but yeah. like essentially, it's now free. Yeah. Ah well, but yes, Neil will be back uh, next week, <clears throat> and uh, I won't be here. <clears throat> really. Yeah, I'll be up north. Oh, right, okay. So, uh, yeah. For some reason, I, I did know that, but like for some reason it still caught me off guard. What year were you born? 1983. Well done, man. <laughs> hey. Okay, uh, this week's been okay. Um, I'm looking forward to going up north, getting some R&R, and uh, yeah, watched a couple of films. Uh, one, some I enjoyed, one I absolutely didn't, uh, but we will get to that. Uh, what about you, man? What's your week been like? Um, it'll just work really. Like I've had questions. Like we had like a bank holiday weekend, and a. You were saying that kind of sucks as well, just given yeah. the amount of like parcels and stuff you got to deal with. Yeah, it was like a quite busy after that. So like was getting finished pretty late on, and then couldn't really bother doing anything after that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Not that I do anything normally anyway, but <laughs> as particularly couldn't be bothered doing stuff after that. Yeah. Uh, we did manage to watch Mile Twenty Two, which we did. we'll be talking about later on. We did, and I watched a couple other things. Um, I did. You watch anything else? I feel like I might have watched like an episode or something. I watched a Attack on Titan. Yeah, I watched Attack on Titan and I watched uh, One Punch Man as well. Hmm. Yeah, you were saying I should watch that. Yeah. Um, I should really get on to that. I've, I don't know. I mean, since I finished Ozark, I'm like, right, I need a new series to watch. And then I started watching Power, which is okay. It's a very run-of-the-mill gangster drama on Netflix. Um, so yeah, I watched that. I watched a documentary on Netflix uh, uh, called, uh, I think it was By the Power of Grayskull. Yes, uh, and it's basically a documentary about the He-Man. So... I'll talk about that but yeah I should really one punch man I'll give that a shot uh, I've like finished see- Jack Horseman which uh, it is, I think it's one of the it's, in terms of writing um, it is one of the best written TV shows uh, at the moment uh, and folk are like that so is it what is it and I'm like it's a really really kind of grim and depressing comedy <laughs> and they're like wait what and I'm like yeah it's like an animated show where 
the majority of folk in it are like it's an animated show where the majority of folk are like animals but it really is so real in terms of like its perception of just how human it is it really it shows people for what they are rather than what they want to be um so yeah in that in that so it can be quite it can be quite grim and depressing uh, but it is very funny this always sounds like something that should be right on my street but like i tried to watch it like i think i've seen maybe two episodes and like bits of other episodes and mm-hmm. just never no never I, I know like it's it's not for everyone i mean i was saying that to one of our friends um uh, Lindsay Cameron and I was recommending it to her and I says and she says I tried watching it it wasn't for me and I says man I, I know what you mean it's a bit slow but it's really good I thoroughly enjoyed that but yeah maybe I should have yeah. One Punch Man well, One Punch Man though like is one of those things as well, well where, what's that about? Uh, there's a guy who decides he wants to become a, a hero so he starts training to do it and he becomes like the best hero that ever existed because like he can just defeat any opponent with just one punch hmm. and a, it becomes like about the struggle for him to like find fame and infamy and like still feel excited about being a hero when everybody he comes up against gets defeated so easily and so readily is it American Japanese Japanese okay. uh, it's like it, it's primarily I mean like it is a, a kind of superhero style story thing like it takes the piss out of itself a lot though like it's a comedy it's very self aware yeah it's, That's cool. it's primarily a comedy it's, it's like it is to kind of shonen anime which is like Dragon Ball Z sort of stuff it's what Cabin in the Woods is to horror that's what One Punch Man is to that, right. that style of show okay so it's like it, it takes the piss out of itself it like just brings up all the kind of stereotypes that you get in these anime shows and kind of turns them on their head like a the, there's a lot of humour throughout it which works really well but is it like, just one season? so far there's just one season cool I, I really enjoy it so far though. I know man. I'll, 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 I'll give it a shot definitely Attack on Titan continues to be excellent as well mm. It must. Is that the worst part of your week? Is when the the episode finishes, it's only, knowing that yeah, you've got seven days. To... It's twenty fucking minutes long. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> it's is. Would you want it to be longer, or you just want the whole thing there so you can binge watch it? Both. Right. Okay. Because I mean, you know what it's like if you've been really into a show, and then when it finishes, you're like, well, "What the fuck am I going to do with my life now?" Like, I remember when Breaking Bad was out, and it was the last ever episode of it, and I was at work, and I I used to work at the cinema, and I was standing there on Ben and Jerry's, and it was because every Monday it was getting released onto Netflix, and I was sitting there fucking raging because I knew that I couldn't go online, and I had to wait several hours till I was going to watch the finale of the show that I really love, and then the boss came down because it was really, really quiet and says, do you want to just go up the road? I went, Absolutely. And then got like a cheeseburger supper and <laughs> drew the curtains <laughs> and just sat there. I was like, here we go. It sounds Click. like uh, the scene in 40 Year Old Virgin where uh, Steve Carell is preparing to masturbate. Oh yeah, and he watches like, is that a Star Wars parody? <laughs> and then he, he can't do it, so then he just watches Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, like I guess when it comes to like well, watching, watching just... this episodic like once a week thing though, mm-hmm. like the, after season one of Attack on Titan... I had to wait four years for season two to be made. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm kind of used to like, just being frustrated at not having more of it by now. Mm. Nah, I know. But it's going to be like, I mean, see when Game of Thrones finishes. That's I mean, fucking huge. But again, though, man, it's like, it's been so long since we last watched Game of Thrones that, like, 
it'll just be this again but like why the fuck did we we've not even we started Westworld season 2 but we just never went back to it yeah I've heard mixed stuff about it like I've heard a lot of people say it isn't that good I still want to watch it though and you said Iron Fist was alright Iron Fist is not bad and then like Daredevil season 500 is that's it? right season like 500 this month or something isn't it? yeah it was like teased um, I don't know it this month it's soon anyway but yeah I look forward to that well you been up to much this week? We no but we covered that work did we? yeah work not much else friend of mine is leaving to go back to she went away travelling for a year she was in like um, Thailand and Australia and she's leaving she only came back about a month ago but she's now leaving again to go back to Australia uh, to do some to work some more so I'll be her leaving doing Friday so uh, that'll be fun it seems like you are perpetually at leaving do's or birthdays yeah it's I, I know a lot of people anyway Tommy Vass Tommy Vass man of the people knows all the people Right, so let's dive straight into the news, shall we? I mean, can you say let's dive straight into the news after we've kind of sat speaking for 10 minutes? Let's shuffle along <laughs> into the this week's news, shall we? So, um, you're aware of the upcoming Harley Quinn spin-off Birds of Prey? Yeah. Right. It's not just Harley Quinn. No, it's going to be Harley Quinn, and it was announced later, uh, sorry, earlier on. A bunch on, of other people we don't care about. Earlier on in this, yeah, <laughs> earlier on in this week. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead uh, was announced as she's been cast as Huntress and uh, an actress Journey Journey Smollett Bell right, to be fair actually right Huntress is actually one of the only characters that's pretty cool in the well the person, the person who, I was who talking else, about who Journey else? Smollett Bell is Black Canadian I don't give a fuck about that. That's like a arrow. Arrow, yeah. right? So she, that character's terrible. But yeah, but I'm not a really. I I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead's a very wooden actor, uh, actress, and I don't really. Give what was a she? Fuck. She was in the 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 remake. Well, the 2011 thing. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, she was in um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and yeah, she's been a bunch of stuff. I, I don't really rate her if I'm honest. Um, but the Sam Rockwell was offered the part of the villain and the villain is going to be Black Mask and he passed on it um, so the two people at the top of the wish list uh, that the studio really want to play uh, Black Mask is Ewan McGregor or Shalto Copley okay Ewan really, McGregor is Black Mask I mean I, I just I, don't, I don't see it I don't really know too much about Black Mask other than the Batman Origins game like uh, yeah. he always just seemed like a total B tier villain though He's just a yeah. mob boss that's got like a scarred face, isn't he? Like he doesn't. There's that, nothing special about him. See, this is where Neil would come in handy because he would know a bit more about it than we do. I'm just trying to imagine you, McGregor. I'm pretty sure that's it, though. I think he has just a rival family. Yeah. The is it Marconi family or whatever it was? Falcone. Falcone. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't really care at this point. Um, there's so many stuff going over at uh, Warner's where it's Matt Reeves is the Batman film. Todd Phillips's The Joker film. Then there's talk of a spin-off where it's going to be Harley and Joker, and then you've got Birds of Prey, and I'm like, man, it's just so fucking messy over there just now. It's like, it's hard to keep up what's going to be canon and what's going to be crossover canon and what you know. I, know, I don't really care about any of that. Like, if these movies had a track record, if the DC movies had a track record of being good, I wouldn't care about how they connected, if they connect at all, when they're set. I would just be excited for the prospect of good movies. 
but that's yeah. not what Warner Brothers have been doing with these things so it's yeah. really hard to get enthusiastic when oh, the absolutely. track record is just pish across the board <laughs> absolutely um, speaking of the Joker um, we talked about last week they released set photographs and uh, set footage and it was just um, Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck who would eventually become the, the Joker very whatever kind of footage and then there was some new footage released now where Joaquin Phoenix is in full Joker get up uh, coming off a panicked train with some guys in uh, clown masks as well uh, I think it looks great I think it looks cheap as fuck I think I think he looks great I think it's the right direction to go in given we just had fucking Jared Leto's whatever the fuck that was Joker and then Good. you had like Heath Ledger's Joker you're like this is a good direction to go in. I really believe that. At least those ones were stylish, though. Like every like other than the one from the Adam West Batman that just looks so Caesar completely, completely ridiculous. Like a uh, this is the worst looking Joker out of any iteration of Joker. I I like it, man. And I, I, again, the only thing I mean, I like Todd Phillips as well, and I I do like Joaquin Phoenix when he was cast. I'm like, this is great. I just don't know. I don't know what kind of relevance is this this is going to have. As I said, as we've talked about, DC are just shitting out a bunch of product, uh, reusing and rebooting everything. Um, so I don't know. I thought it looked great, um, but yeah. So I mean, oh, sorry. The last thing I'll say about it was the whole idea of oh well, the Joker is actually a, a person. Yeah. With that, yeah. I was like, mm. but then the more <coughs> I think about it, I'm like, yeah, but Jack Nicholson's Joker was that, and I like that. Um, so, you know, I'm trying not to judge a book by its cover, but at the same time, the DC just fucking don't care about their products now. Like you said, they've yet to make something outstanding. It's been a while. Well, other than Batman Begins. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> the Dark Knight is amazing. <laughs> eh, so, eh, speaking in, eh, of superhero movies, let's stick with that. Eh, Venom, eh, the upcoming film starring Tom Hardy and Riz Ahmed, a lot of folk were saying, well, well, we even said that the trailer's quite messy. It's not great, but the, maybe the saving grace will be it's going to be an R-rated film. Nope. No. PG-13, yeah. which is a 15 rating, uh, 15 rating in Britain, um, possibly a 12A. Now, the reason, and this is it's the reason, the, the, some of the reasons, well, one of the main reasons being banned that this has happened is because Sony are hoping for some kind of crossover with Spider-Man at some point. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, well, we can't get that with an R-rated film. And I'm like, Jesus. I mean, it, it, would, just, only, it would only happen if the film was good in the first place. I mean, it's like and it, it doesn't look yeah, great. It, it looks, looks messy. It, it looks terrible. It looks really fucking the messy. The CGI for Venom is fucking abysmal. Like, it's really bad. Yeah. Like, there's so many bits where uh, the symbiote is on Tom Hardy and then it's kind of stretching out from him and it's like you see there's a scene where he's like who are you and it just cuts to half of Tom yeah. Hardy's face and Venom's face like we are Venom and you're like that does not look good yeah the dialogue and everything like the way Venom sounds I don't like any of it yeah it's I'm not I hold no high hopes for this effort um, I will go watch it and I think it will be mediocre at best <clears throat> that's what I'm expecting anyway uh, New Line um, has won the rights um, to the upcoming James Wan produced American remake of Train to Busan uh, still never seen this film I really want to watch it I just haven't got around to it but do you remember that what that film was about? no 
it was the Korean uh, zombie film where it was oh, about okay. folk on a train right. and there's an outbreak. Uh, really highly acclaimed uh, critically. Um, everyone I talk to who's seen it says it's great. Um, as soon as as soon as someone says Korean horror or Korean zombie film or Korean action film, I'm fucking all in because you know love the films of Park Chan Wook and yeah, the, the the trailer looked great. So yeah, James Wan is producing, and I was like, okay. And then I read that he is collaborating once again. Please don't say it. With a guy called Gary Doberman, right, okay. who wrote The Nun. And The Nun is fucking shite. So that's that scrapped. That's that fucked. Was that you just written it off entirely then? You don't think it's got any chance of being good? I really did not like The Nun. And one of the reasons I don't like it is because of that screenplay. But if it's a remake in the same way that like America's done previously with like wreck to quarantine and let the right one in to let me in or whatever it was called let me in it's like almost shot for shot then yeah I mean I know what you mean I'm not saying that American remakes can't be a good thing let the right one in I'm not saying it is a good thing they they were so similar that they may as well not have done it yeah but the fact is Matt Reeves I think was did let me in and I'm like it's a a talented guy he kind of understands what needs to be done here and Let Me In had some subtle differences to Let the Right One In, but in no way to tarnish Let the Right One In. Uh, it was very much a safe and enjoyable remake, and I was fine with that. Quarantine was nowhere near as good as Wreck. No, it wasn't nearly as tense, uh, or and it was pretty much, like you said, a shot-for-shot effort, but it just it it didn't have any of the, the magic that Wreck did. Wreck was such a good movie. Yeah. I remember like the exact moment where I knew that Wreck was going to be amazing what and was it was that? when the firefighter punched that zombie in the face. <laughs> I was like, do you know what, man? Okay, We're on. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. Did you like that in the Captain Marvel trailer? Oh, when she punches the granny? <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's just gifts of that yeah, everywhere now. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, yeah. So, what else we got? Um, the Hellboy reboot, uh, starring David Harbour um, from Stranger Things and it's uh, directed by Neil Marshall, has been pushed back. It was supposed to be a January release. It is now going to be released in April. Um, did it, you say Hellboy? Hellboy, yeah. I did not know that was getting remade. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure we've talked about it on the show. Uh, yeah, so Dr- Stranger Things, the sheriff from Stranger Things, he's. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's going to be Hellboy. Um, but Neil Marshall's directing it and Neil Marshall uh, let's say he's a mixed bag well I, I won't say that he's made one good movie what was a good movie? Dog Soldiers Doomsday's garbage Centurion's garbage um, he's directed some great episodes of uh, Game of Thrones That uh, he did the pilot episode for the cancelled Constantine series and I didn't really like the pilot but I liked that series and it fucking baffles my mind that that get cancelled but shit like Jersey Shore's got like 20 fucking thousand scenes I mean that's entirely different isn't it? I know it's I, I different I thought you were going to say like Arrow. Shit, shit like Arrow and Flash. it is shit like Arrow but that's what I'm saying Arrow's so oh, it's garbage anyway so yeah that's been pushed back and uh, it's going to be released uh, a week after Shazam and then I read this and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a week after Shazam and opposite Robert Downey Jr's Doctor Doolittle remake and I just looked at it, I was like, okay. Oh, okay, why? As in, he is like directing, producing? No, I, 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 think he, I think he's Dr. Doolittle. 
I mean, he is a very charismatic person and well loved. So I mean, there's got to be life after Iron Man, right? <laughs> Even though he probably doesn't need the money. Was it was Eddie Murphy done the last one? It was, was Eddie was Murphy. They, were they any good? I don't. I don't think I actually watched them. Uh, that was the period of Eddie Murphy's career where I zoned out because right. there was that Daddy Daycare, other bits of shit. You know, what I mean, I just Dave. I Dave, yeah. Norbit. Norbit, yeah. I just zoned the fuck out of Eddie Murphy's career because it was just, let's make easy, let's make kids movies or let's make a movie where I play several or all the parts. <clears throat> um, a bit of sad news, especially. I've, I was quite sad to hear this and I know Paco will be, well, not devastated, but he'll be sad as well. Gareth Evans has confirmed that there are no plans to make a Raid 3. Oh, what? Uh, just said it's uh, Gareth he's going to be directing the upcoming Netflix film Apostle we watched the trailer for it last week and chatted about it but yeah he's just said I get asked that a lot and I thought I, he's like I did have an idea but going forward there's no plans to make a third one I mean that doesn't rule out that he will do another like really good martial arts movie with the same actors that isn't the raid though that's true that's true um, we can hope we can dream Tommy yeah just maybe we'll watch the raid again. Well, that and after watching Mel, Mel Twenty Two. Yeah. Um, last piece of news: uh, Mel Gibson is going to helm a, a remake of one of my favourite westerns, The Wild Bunch, and I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I The Wild Bunch is one of, if not my favourite western. I think it's great. It's very violent. Do we need to do the Mel Gibson disclaimer here? What's that? where he makes amazing films but he himself is a big fucking dickhead and a nut job well there you go <laughs> he's uh, uh, yeah that's the thing Big Mel can direct the shit out of a film but you know his behaviour has been well um, to put it mildly questionable <laughs> in, the, in the in the past Um, yeah so that is all the news in saying uh, that I do have a fondness for calling people sugar tits uh, is that so, because of Mel? I mean, I wouldn't have had it without him, I guess, being inappropriate. But you wouldn't say that to, like, a woman? No, I'd say it to dudes. I call, yeah. I call a lot of guys as sugar tits. Actually, there's only one lassie I can think of that you would probably call sugar tits. And she would laugh and you would laugh because you've got, like, that... Is it Sarah Marshall? It is Sarah Marshall. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've got that kind of humour. She calls you funny shit like that all the time as well. Anyway. so She, she frequently calls me her Spanish nacho... <laughs> <laughs> or just meat <laughs> meat <laughs> what do you mean like so much just like right meat how's it going meat <laughs> oh absolutely brilliant I fucking absolutely love that woman ah she's brilliant <clears throat> so um, that's it for news let's go to the trailers uh, the first trailer you know business yeah straight in there. yeah straight in there uh, first trailer we watched uh, well, it's the it's the the latest trailer is X Men Dark Phoenix dropped. I think it was today, and it, it looks like a good X Men movie. It, it's a good trailer, yeah. But after Apocalypse, it was really a case of do we need any more X Men films because it, the the franchise has become quite stale. Um, but this is a good trailer. Uh, the, like this trailer doesn't like go in a great detail mm. in like what's going to happen like, I mean like, obviously she's it's the Dark becoming, Phoenix story she, yeah, like she's that. becoming more evil as it goes on and stuff mm -hmm. but like every single kind of line that Michael Fassbender has in this 
hints that it's going to be like really interesting watching the dynamic between the two of them and him and Charles like yeah, which has always been the highlight of X-Men movies really yeah and like like Apocalypse just didn't have that yeah like Fastbender you could he phones it in because he's got nothing to do that that whole line of like you didn't come here to uh, look for truth you just came here to seek permission yeah like that bit yeah that's it's promising everything about that yeah. trailer looks like a and promising what he says movie. he says you've always got a speech Charles yeah and no one cares and no one cares yeah. kind of thing you're like yeah bully was he, he said no he says I, is it not like um, it's never your fault Charles and you've always got a speech kind of thing and you're like yeah this is cool you're right though that is the, the like that's X-Men First Class um, Days of Future Past I mean they're, they're always like you always want to see what's next for Magneto and uh, Xavier but add the Dark Phoenix into it you're like okay we might have quite an interesting dynamic here um, we also uh, Creed 2 uh, got a new trailer for that uh, very excited yeah very excited um, again being a huge fan of the Rocky franchise especially Rocky 4 in this trailer at one point it builds up to this uh, when Adonis and Victor Drago are going to meet in the ring and there's just a wee moment where Rocky and Ivan Drago shared a look and it gave me chills I was like mm. this is great um, but yeah a um, couple of new things in the trailer it kind of goes into the fact that Rocky is talking to Adonis Creed saying that, that it's not worth it and this guy is dangerous and he's got a great line where he says this guy he broke me in ways that haven't been fixed yeah, yeah. you're like man fucking love slice that's, that's a fucking Stallone line that through is. and through absolutely like even just and like the bit where he's like that, he goes uh, that's what your dad said and he died yeah. right here in my hands yeah. you're like oh god like even it's got to a point with that franchise where even just the steps outside the houses at Philadelphia that they kind of film a lot of shots in mm. like have nostalgia for me yeah uh, just that it's, it's, that whole franchise is incredible yeah it is um, and again I remember I, I well, was like, the whole franchise 5 is pretty shifty but well, yeah yeah it still has, as, as a whole like yeah, Rocky Balboa is moments. one of the greatest cinematic uh, characters of all time um, but yeah like in this and there's just it goes into the fact that you know Victor Drago is a different kind of beast and uh, it kind of it made me think a wee bit of Rocky 3 as well you know when he gets beat by Clubber Lang because he's kind of forgotten who he was and he has to go back and you know Paul's like the way go, way to get it back is to go back to the beginning it's because he wasn't hungry anymore yeah and it's great I mean again I fucking that whole scene's amazing as well in Rocky 3 but just this whole idea that it's kind of a sequel to Rocky 4 but it's got bits of even like the second one and the third one There's a, it's, it's bringing the whole thing round to it's, a nice it's doing exactly what the Rocky story should be what doing. a Rocky film yeah. should be yeah, absolutely absolutely it's well handled it looks great and I'm very much looking forward to it it um, does make me want to rewatch the first one again as well because I haven't actually watched that since it was in the cinema and I loved it you watched the first one the cinema yeah Creed oh Creed so I thought you were talking Rocky 1 for a minute there I was like what did you watch in the cinema <laughs> um, like the highlight of Creed just I remember almost crying when he got given those boxer shorts mm, yeah that bit and just when he talks about why he's doing it it's okay, it's, it's a great movie man. really good Stallone's great also well. those uh, Philly cheesesteaks look pretty fucking good I've always wanted to try a Philly yeah. cheesesteak it's been years like, there's like a couple of places in Glasgow that kind of sell them but they're never they're never what you want them to be ever I'll I'm going to try and find a Philly cheesesteak and have one by next well shit I'm in, up north I won't find a Philly cheesesteak up there I'll maybe see if I can find one tomorrow yeah 
<clears throat> and that's Tommy's day set. Yeah, work and Philly cheesesteak and a, a, a leaving night. Superb. Um, we also watched the new trailer for Fantastic Beast 2, uh, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I haven't seen the first one, um, so this really has nothing for me. Um, I'm not saying that I won't watch the first one or indeed this one, but I mean... You watched the first yeah. one, you enjoyed I, it. So I'm, what's what does the, the trailer like, what did the trailer do for you? I'm, I am not a fan of Harry Potter at all and never really have been. I, I would imagine if I was to watch the films, I would probably think they're all Get right. Into it. But like uh, I watched the first Fantastic Beast movie purely for this podcast, not because I wanted to see it. Oh, yeah. And ended up really enjoying it. Mm. Uh, and this looks like a a good sequel to it like, like you will happily go watch that yeah rather than um, yeah I will actively happily go see that film okay um, I, it, it looks like a good modern kids film like if you were an actual child watching it it looks like a decent film for children well, rather I mean, than like a lot of other kids films that come out you're like this is brain well, rot I remember see I'm the same like I, I Harry Potter fucking irked me for a long time because when the first one came out, I was in sixth year in high school, and they had this system where it was like the sixth years would have a, a buddy for like the one of the first years to kind of show them around and make sure they're all right and whatever, and they enjoy. And they had this um, they had this day trip out to Inverness to watch a film, and the two choices were Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring, and the kids chose Harry Potter, and that annoyed me. And then I sat and watched Harry Potter, and I just couldn't get into it. I was like, "This is this kids' movie is doing my head in. There's nothing here for me." Bear in mind, I was you know a teenager and whatever. They are both pretty similar films. Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring is fucking way better than the first Harry Potter film. Good God! Um, and then I get told right that I get told the problem is the first two ones aren't great. They are pretty much kids' movies, whereas when you get to Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. it was Alfonso Cuaron, wasn't it? Alfonso Cuaron, and it starts to get a bit darker, and start stuff starts to really come together and get, you know. So, <coughs> I took that on board, and again, worked in the cinema for a long time, but I just kind of avoided Harry Potter. And I then, ended, I ended up watching the last one, is it Deathly Hallows? Yeah, Deathly Hallows I. I ended up watching that because I was at my sister's house, and they had it on the telly. Mm. Uh, so, you know, even when I tell them to turn stuff off, they don't do it. Uh, which is how I end up watching more uh, Doctor Who than I would ever like. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, all right. it, it's actually that uh, that last movie is like because the tone by that point is like really grim. Mm. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I watched uh, Half Blood Prince and enjoyed that. And then I was like, all right, do you know what? When Deathly Hallows Part One and Two come out, I'll watch that. I'll still never ever make a point of reading the books. I will never. Uh, do nah, I don't need to. Um, but I, I like Half Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows, and I would go back and watch Order of the Phoenix, Azkaban, and the other one. Um, but yeah, I, but then I, part of me kind of thinks if you were going to watch the whole franchise, even though the first and second one are kids' movies, there'll be stuff in there where yeah. it's like, man, you can't miss them out because it's, you know, it's a whole fucking story. You should get, yeah. There's going to be arcs from stuff that you've not seen. So I don't know. I might watch it. I'm in no rush to, though. But um, so what? Like you, like how does like uh, Fantastic Beasts? Obviously, very the the same universe. But how did that film compare to say a Harry Potter film like like Deathly Hallows? Is that the one you seen? Yeah, Deathly yeah. Hallows Part Two. I mean, 
obviously similar in style. It was, it was a smaller scale. Yeah. It was just like this one, sorry, Fantastic Beasts, the first one was like very much, uh, he fucks up and lets like a lot of magical creatures loose in New York and then has to find them, find them again. But like there's a, another kind of plot of uh, something's like killing people and they don't quite know what it is. Colin Farrell. Uh, what? Aye, who turns out to be Johnny Depp. Oh, is he Grindelwald? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, there you go. Spoilers. Uh, the, fi- for... uh, the film's a couple of years old, folks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it was it was all right. It's like it was good to see a movie where the third act wasn't just a big fucking either laser pointed at the sky or just gigantic gunfight or fist fight. Like they kind of managed to make it so that the the kind of the third act was more of a kind of battle of wits, I guess. Okay. Uh, so it's the end of Doctor Strange. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, they fight with their minds, though. Like it's a battle of wits, though. He's outsm- outsmarts the thing. Um, okay, uh, uh, so I mean, uh, is it quite funny as well? Like you said, it's a kids' movie. Is there humour through it? Yeah. Is, like, uh, is the, Newt the, a good character? Newt's like quite a blank slate. To be fair, like I mean, his main endearing trait is that he like just finds appreciation for all animals like all kind of beasts and stuff like that well, they kind okay, of say that yeah. in the trailer for yeah. this one where it's like you're too nice you can you can yeah, love yeah. The, the even the worst monster or something yeah. like that like, which is quite an endearing quality like you know I, I like animals myself mm. uh, more than people <laughs> but like, I think a lot of folk would share that sentiment I uh, yeah like the the kind of supporting cast were all pretty good in it though like uh, the, I don't know the guy's name mm. the kind of the, the more portly gentleman Hmm. Uh, he plays the more Porkins. comedy <laughs> yeah but Porkins he, he plays the comedy relief and uh, he's not like that irritating he's it, not annoying so, yeah no, okay no I'll definitely gotta watch I just remember seeing the some of the trailers and that poster and I just, I just Eddie Redman's got this look on his face like he's just he's just dumped his balls in your pint and is watching you from oh. across the room with this you know watching you drink that pint knowing he's done that uh, or like he wants to fart, but he doesn't know if it's going to be a shit. So like, yeah, it's not. Hold, he's holding it in, but like, yeah, yeah. But it's not quite a look of terror. It's more like uncertainty. Yeah, <laughs> existential dread. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he does. He just. He, I was like, man, I, would, I wouldn't sit my pint anywhere near that fucking clown. Man, he probably would do it. Anyway, <clears throat> so that was the trailers. Amazingly, the one we speak the most about is the one we're probably least interested in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's let's go to the film. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, there's a documentary on Netflix called uh, "By the Power of Grayskull and it's the complete history of He-Man: The Masters Universe. Um, being a big fan of He-Man as a kid uh, and having all the figures and like watching, like even seeing some of them again, like Castle Grayskull and all that, just was a total nostalgic trip for me. But this was a really interesting documentary because, I mean, growing up, He-Man was a cartoon to me and then action figures when, in fact, it was the other way around to start off with. It was an action figure line started by Mattel because um, they passed on Star Wars. Uh, And um, they kind of wanted to do a Conan the Barbarian uh, toy line, but when Conan the Barbarian, the film Arnold Schwarzenegger came out, it was uh, an 18, I think it was, or an R rating. Um, They then said, well, we can't do that. So what they basically did was they ripped off a lot of the look of Conan and then they just started 
uh, making these figures. Um, they were different to like the seventies uh, action figures because the seventies action figures they were just kind of they just kind of stood there and were qu- and didn't have any kind of battle stance. What do you know what the the marketing term for that is? What is that? Points of articulation. There you go. Every day's a school day. Um, but but He Man was like one of the first kind of action figure lines where you had folk in like battle stance with weapons and things like that. Um, so they kind of built on that, and then it just the characters grew. They then started writing comic books, so that basically when kids were playing with it, they had a mythology that they could follow. I mean, something I didn't know. Um, it's widely known that He Man lives in Castle Grayskull, and. Skeletor is in Snake Mountain. When it first started off, it was He Man and Skeletor were living in like both a, ca- a dorm room. Basically, they were in <laughs> Castle Grayskull because the whole idea is to get the power. You know, I have the power. Uh, they have to do that. But I was like, she didn't know that because um, he's always been Snake Mountain's always been his house and Castle Grayskull. He Man's this his house was lair. What do you want to call it? I never really actually really watched He Man. I did. I loved it. Um, and again, you've seen the guy like who did the voice of He-Man, the guy that did the voice of Skeletor. And again, just you're like, yeah, that is fucking great. <laughs> and then from that, like you, it, like because it was such a a boys toy thing, they decided to tap into the female market, and they made Shira, who was He-Man's her, uh, Prince Adam's twin sister. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the folk that are on it, like um, J. Michael Trusinski's in the um, documentary, he talks about some of the writing he did for it and what he liked about it and he actually preferred some of the Shira uh, stuff um, and uh, yeah it just became this kind of cultural f- uh, phenomenon in the 80s then it kind of died off and they tried to reboot it and then Mattel have tried to reboot it again so it was just a really really interesting uh, documentary uh, about something I loved as a kid and I was like yeah that's so it's worth it it was only I think it was like an hour and a half two hours long but it was really good Frank Langell and um uh, Dolph Lundgren talk about when they made Masters of the Universe and uh, again some of the like behind the scenes stuff with that was very interesting uh, I still think Frank Langella as Skeletor is incredible um, ironically no he's great he's, uh, he's <clears throat> utterly brilliant in that film and uh, Lundgren hadn't really done anything apart from Rocky 4 so this was his first starring role and like the guy that played Blade I think his name was he was actually Lundgren's um, fight coordinator. Um, choreographer. Cor- choreographer, sorry. Yeah. So he he was saying how a lot of the, the a lot of the sword fights that look really kind of shitty because the sword was heavy as fuck. And you're like, yeah, Big Dolph, he would wield it, but, you know, it was a heavy piece of work. So, yeah. But again, it's just, it's good. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check out. It's all Netflix. What was the name of the villain in He-Man that had like three different faces oh that's like it's, it's face something I can't remember yeah, it, it was probably like, is called like tri-face or some shit like it's it? something like that. it's like you press a button and there'll be another face that you press another button and it was like or yeah. you switched it yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember so, that like, there's still my favourite thing about He-Man though like one of the funniest videos on the internet if you haven't seen it you're missing oh, this out is great, eh? uh, type in uh, YouTube he-Man, four non-blondes. It's incredible. It is one of the consistently, I still, like, the first time I watched that must have been like 15 years ago. Like I still think about it sometimes when I'm walking around in my, my work mm-hmm. and I just laugh randomly because it is absolutely amazing. It's it, one of the it funniest really things is, I've ever seen. It's so good. Um, 
the man at arms bit is absolutely it just cracks me up man yeah Skeletor's fucking love I can't is it's so funny Um, I meant to ask this didn't happen or it was gonna happen Two of your friends was were no was it not? It was going to be me and Alan Drew. I was That's going to it. dress up as Cringer. I battle for, Hall- for, for Halloween, and he was going to be Adam. Yeah, not he man. Yeah. Prince Adam. Prince Adam in his pink get up, the, the, the pink short sleeve shirt. Yeah, and this fucking bowl cut and all that. <laughs> you should have. Totally we should have done, done it. it. That would have been great. <laughs> not even he man. Just Prince Adam. Who's lame? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I wasn't going to be Battle Cat either. I was going to be Cringer. I know. I don't even know how that would have worked. It's basically, like a fucking, like a, a funny suit, really, in it. Like, uh, you like, wouldn't even have the saddle in your back because uh, he only gets that when he's Battle, he's battle Cat. <laughs> oh God, your other pal, he would have been more Orko. Who knows? Yeah. Ah, well, what could have been? Um, in retrospect, like, what cartoon was actually better, Thundercats or He Man? Probably He Man. Yeah, Thundercats is pretty oh, terrible. I love Thundercats. Like that, that intro is fucking astounding. It's so good. Ah, it's, we still like, uh, we like fucking. That's like what that's our favourite ours. Yeah. Where Stevens like so regu- the, a regular oh, the intro. Put on the intro. I love that. Accompanied by like when it starts off, you can't not do the De-de-de. absolutely. And then just that bit where Mumra loses his shit and becomes Big Mumra. You're like that's fucking incredible. Big double Mumra. He is man. Mumra, the was it the ever living? The turtles were still better than. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The turtles was a better cartoon than both those cartoons. I still love you know He Man even better than Turtles. Ghostbusters, Spider Man. Uh, I never really watched the Marvel action hour. I watched the Hulk, uh, and that was it. Really, Spider Man wasn't Marvel action hour. That was Hulk, a uh, Iron Man, and yeah, possibly X Men. I guess was Spider Man not in in that mix? No. Oh, well, I don't think it was anyway. You should know you watched it. Yeah, like I, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't remember it being part of that. Like I think it was just like it, it was good enough to be its own thing. Mm. No, in terms of like superhero cartoons that I watched religiously was the Batman animated series, which is still great. X Men. No, I, no. Like again, maybe occasionally watched Spider Man and X Men, but I don't recall it. Like cartoons when I was younger, there was He Man, Ghostbusters, the real. I uh, sorry, He Man, the real Ghostbusters, Thundercats. Uh, Turtles, and then in terms of the superhero ones, Batman and the Incredible Hulk occasionally. What? Oh man, we're not even that like far removed age wise. No, like you don't remember Jason and the Real Warriors, or sorry, Jace and the Real Warriors. I think I do remember it because when you again, sometimes frequently when we're streaming and we're in here, I'll put the intro. We'll put yeah. intros to different cartoons on. Oh, and I watched Brave Star. You remember Brave Star? Brave Star, yeah. Galaxy, oh, Galaxy Rangers. Did you watch that? I don't think so. Did you watch Bucky O'Hare? I did. Mm. I loved Bucky O'Hare. Mm. Uh, though most of my memories of that are the theme tune mm. and the arcade game that was in the Shots Laser Center. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh well. It's, the, right. the other one that I know for a fact you never remember when I bring it up is a. Pirates of Darkwater, no. which was fucking incredible back in the day, man. <laughs> I love that show. Pirates of Darkwater was brilliant. Did you ever watch the raccoons? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. The mysterious, mysterious cities of gold. <laughs> uh, I, 
That's Again, a, like you, you're not that much younger than me, and yet, like, no, but all these shows you just you didn't see. No, it's not like, like I I was aware of like Defenders of the Earth. I was aware yeah, of yeah, that, yeah. but I didn't really watch yeah, it. Yeah, that was really good. Mask, I didn't really watch, but I was aware of that. Mask, I, I don't think I'd really watch too much of that either. Do you remember they made a, a Dumb and Dumber cartoon? I mean, I'm aware that it did happen, but yeah. I never ever watched it. That was like way later on. Yeah, I I remember enjoying that, and I remember enjoying the Mask cartoon as well. The Mask cartoon was all right. I mean, that's because the, like the, the movie the, is the movie's pretty much a cartoon. Yeah, anyway, the movie know? of the Mask is one of those things where when it first came out, I thought it was shit, but like in retrospect, it kind of gets a bit better. Like I think it was just too young to understand a lot of the humor. Mm. No, I know. Right. Well, do you remember like when we were younger though? It was like. There just there was a reboot, not a reboot. There was a kind of um, resurgence of all the puppet shows from the sixties, like Stingray, Thunderbirds, Joe Ninety. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that because you used to like. I mean, those things were on like Channel Two or whatever, but like I don't think there were. They just were. There wasn't like I mean, there wasn't. They weren't new. It was just repeats of like the original shows. Because I used to watch Captain Scarlet. I liked that. Uh, Thunderbirds I never really watched Stingray. was Captain Scarlet the Mr. Ones one yeah this is the voice of the Mr. Ones yeah yeah, yeah. what Cap- was the, were the Thunder, did the Thunderbirds have like set villains or was it just like different shit every week uh, I can't they were remember. like a rescue squad right like they were like essentially like a kind of mountain rescue team like but they, were, like, they didn't have a mountain it was, yeah. it was like you had, the, you had Thunderbird 2 which was that cool green ship thing yeah where the other one came out of it, it was there was like, a submarine that came out of it and then, like, Brains was just in Thunderbird 5, which I think was a space station. Space station, yeah. Yeah, yeah strange. But yeah, like, I remember that. You could... Oh, oh man. What? The Centurions. Oh, I remember them, man. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And another one is, uh, that I loved when I was a kid, but it was probably completely immense, was the Visionaries. I don't think that, I've seen that. That was the one where it was, like, they all had, like, the essence of an animal, and then, like, they could kind oh. of call it forth and become the animals and stuff like that. So it was, like, there was a guy who became a bear, which would be a, a different thing these days I guess uh, but like the episode I always remember was like there's an episode where two of them are in the water and one becomes a dolphin and the other one becomes a shark and they mm-hmm. have a fight underwater I never watched that uh, or Captain Planet yeah mind that Ca- yeah, yeah, it was, I loved Captain Planet it was good and something they addressed in the He-Man documentary as well is like yeah I had not like one of the main writers like I had nothing to do with those little you know brush your teeth and you'll be alright messages that would be the end of He-Man and I'm like, yeah, but I think it's because they were saying that because of like all the battling and the fighting, you had to make sure that He Man was still a good person mm-hmm. and preaching well educated I, I mean, things that was, like that brush was your the, teeth. That was just the thing back in the day, though, wasn't it? Because like, Thundercats was the same. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we all learned our lesson here today. And then Snarf would they see something stupid and be like, oh, Snarf. Did the turtles do it? I... So I don't cross behind the back of a bus. I mean, possibly. Oh, man, there you go. There's another one right there. Yeah. Super Ted. Not behind watched, the bus, boy. Yeah, I loved Super Ted. I didn't. I didn't understand why Texas Pete, Bulk was it Bulk and the skeleton were pals. <laughs> or even more, like, do you know what annoys me as an adult? Like, uh, thinking back on Super Ted was like, Spotty was the one who like essentially brought Ted to life and gave him any kind of semblance of power and stuff. Was and it? then, and then Ted immediately like made Spotty his bitch. Like, really why like Why would Spotty be subservient to this fucking stuffed animal that he gave power to? Like, mm. odd. Just odd. Oh, that was another cool cartoon. Count Banana Dracula. Man? Count Dracula, okay. Yeah, that was great. That's Banana good, Man was alright. That's a cool intro. And then, see, for years, I had no idea that was David Jason. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, or that he was um, 
Oh, not Penfold, a Danger Mouse. Right, we have gone on for like ages about just about fucking yeah. So let's get back to let's get back on point. So I went and watched uh, a simple favor. Oh, starring Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick, based on quote unquote the best selling novel. But well, I'm guessing by the noise you just made that you totally loved it, Tom. Oh, uh, it's exactly what I thought it'd be. Right, so what's the synopsis? Okay, so. Uh, Anna Kendrick um, is a vlogger and oh, I've heard enough <laughs> let's move on is, is, she, she's, she's a vlogger and a mum and it just happens to be that her kid has befriended Blake Lively's kid and then they, they two kind of become well they claim they're best friends but that happens in no time at all but anyway so that happens and then Blake Lively goes missing and then there's suspicions of was she killed was she kidnapped did her husband do it that's it and that's kind of the crux of it. This is what I'll say. It's not for me. I realise I am not the key demographic for what this. What is the key demographic? Uh, 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 Tweens? No, no. I would say it's... Uh, and again, don't shoot me for this internet. I would say it's females between the age of 25 and 35. Um, because... The film plays out like a total fantasy. Um, and there was just nothing. I mean, I was like, okay, this is going to be like a kidnapping thriller. So I could get into that. Absolutely. You love kidnapping? Uh, no. <laughs> I love kidnapping <laughs> thrillers. I've, I've never kidnapped anything in my life. Uh, but the problem with it, and it's Paul, uh, director of Ghostbusters, Paul Feige, who does it. Oh, God. So the film the problem with this film for me is it's supposed to be a, a kidnapping drama anytime they try to have any kind of tension they kill it with some really fucking lame ass comedy Joss Whedon's got a lot to answer for man Joss Whedon it's nothing to do with Joss Whedon yeah, like, yeah it is because ever since the fucking Avengers every movie tries that shit like every movie no, but seems to is, feel the need to have a fucking shitty quip at the end of every yeah I, I get it but the, like the thing is with Avengers it's a kind of action adventure film this is a kidnapping film but this must be a drama but at the same time you're like it, it doesn't know if it's a drama or a comedy or both uh, I thought the dialogue was garbage uh, I, th- I didn't like any of the characters uh, Blake Lively's really good in it I hate Anna Kendrick's character with a passion um, she's good in it but she's I, I hate her character isn't like she's good at playing that character but the character itself is just yes. shit yes yeah the yeah. character's terrible um, I didn't I thought the, the plot was whatever as I said it's like it's like it's there's no kidnap there's no drama there's no tension to this kidnapping. I just didn't care about anything. And there's no passage of time in this film. It's like one week, something's gone on. And then it's like, all right, so now they're a couple. And now this is happening. And they're going to move in together. And you're like, so like, you're like, it, wait, you're like wait a minute. It's been like, has this been a week? Does it even utilise the, the whole kind of idea of her being a vlogger to like present itself in like a, an interesting, different way? Like... Uh, the person I've been working with actually is talking about she was reading a book where the entire thing is done through correspondence similar to how Bram Stoker's Dracula is right like does that mean a Harker's letters and Jonathan Harker's letters sorry well everything like everything right. in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula is like just people writing letters to each other not necessarily just is that right two. aye yeah. alright cool uh, so like a, a, a movie based on 
just entirely vlogs maybe something no like no 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 different. it's not it's not like that it's because she's she's a mum and she's a vlogger and it's basically she does like recipes and it's tips for mums and you see her on her vlog a couple of times and a lot of times she tells how her friend is missing and she's very worried and then she talks about other things i mean does it explore the the idea that like maybe you shouldn't exploit personal like issues and people's suffering no for popularity and clicks on no because the no, way because that's no. that that would be like a good message to put no it's be, yeah but it's because anna kendrick is seen as this l- such an innocent wee thing you know she's like she's always trying to volunteer to help out and be like the best mum she can be and she's a vlogger and she's a really nice person kind of and then and but it's really awkward and irritating at the same time and then her character arc just doesn't make any fucking sense um blake lively is kind of you know she's always dressed in the best clothes because she works for like a fashion designer she's confident she's got a kind of dark side to her you know so that it's kind of those two sides like you know you've got that two sides to them and just the whole idea of their, their friendship is bullshit it's like there's i didn't like any of the character arcs i didn't like the writing the passage of time was confusing it just wasn't for me and there's a lot of time i mean i was i was i was definitely the only single guy in the whole audience it was mainly couples and whatnot and there were a lot of a lot so of, what you're saying is a good place to pick up chicks no no <laughs> no and the thing is like a lot of like i mean like because we do the show and you know we critique films and whatnot a lot of uh, folk in work were like oh was it how was it and i went it was fucking trash oh well i like it i'm like yes you will like it and she says what, what does that mean i says i said it doesn't mean anything that's what i'm not trying to offend you here right I just know from what you've told me what you like in films there'll be something in there for you there's nothing in there for me because I didn't enjoy really anything about it that being said it's not the worst film of the year it just wasn't for me you know so <clears throat> that that's all I can really say about it you know I mean it will be successful and I'm sure there's there is an audience for it and folk will enjoy it it just wasn't for me what was that called a simple favour a simple favour nobody fucking fights them they are nothing there's, there's, <laughs> there's no dinosaurs uh, no yeah there's no fucking there's no time travel uh, <laughs> I remember there wasn't even one robot I know man it's like <laughs> nobody had to get artificial limbs after getting their limbs severed unexpectedly no, no there's no pirates fucking, what's the point no I said that my, like my mate my mate in work he's like he's like how was it I was like it was trash nobody shot MD or nothing and then he's like that. did you really expect that I'm like nah man I'm just I'm just messing with you you're it wasn't really for me. just a Peter Griffin in the crowd like jeez won't somebody throw a pie <laughs> didn't even shoot Andy yeah. that's a lie one person gets shot <clears throat> but anyway so that was a simple favour not for me um, is that it? Have we watched anything else? Is I just watched the mail No, no, I watched The Little Stranger. Uh, I went and watched this yesterday. It's um, it's got Donald Gleeson, Ruth Wilson, and Charlotte Rampling in it. Um, <clears throat> it's this very. It's set in the just after the Second World War in England, and it's basically this doctor played by Donald Gleeson becomes kind of enamoured with his family because they've got like this really massive house and it used to be known for having like really nice galas and gatherings there and Donald Gleeson went there when he was a kid so he's always kind of enamored by this house 
But then he starts to get to know this family and the possibility that there's something going on in the house, that there's a curse or some for, form of poltergeist. Um, it's a very kind of traditional gothic kind of horror. Uh, I thought Donald Gleeson was good in it. I thought Ruth Wilson and Charlotte Rampling uh, and Will... Uh, oh shit, what's his name? Will... Oh shit, we are the Millers. Will Pataki. He's, he's good in it anyway as well. Um, oh, the son from We Are the Millers. Yeah. The one that no regrets has a, has a go at. What else was he in more recently? He's in Son of Rambo. He was in... He's, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Anyway, Will, Will Porter, I think that's his name. Sorry, man. Anyway, so... Yeah, the, the film is really good at kind of giving you this option of, like, is there is there a, a, a poltergeist? Is this family curse? What's the deal with them? Because the film's not really about is the house haunted? It's kind of a character study on class. Um, the film's more about Don Al Gleason and how he views his kind of relationship with his family and this house. Uh, and it just happens to be that there may or may not be a ghost or some goings on in the in the house. Uh, I like. It turns out to be like an old rich white man who's trying to devalue the property. No, no. Uh, got, scare off the kids. It's got a very ambiguous ending to the point where even I mean I like my ambiguous endings. Even if it's even if I don't really need to know what that film meant. If it, if if I really enjoyed it. And I felt something for it. I'm like, you know what, the ambiguity is fine. My problem with this is I felt it. I needed a definitive answer to what was going on. And I looked up a bunch of things, uh, interviews with the director, uh, uh, folk talking about the original book, and there's ambiguity in it. And it, after reading what the director tells you, because he's like, if you go back and watch it a second time, you will notice this, this, and this. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. And then I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And I kind of after re after reading that, I was like, I can appreciate that now. Yeah, I can appreciate a lot of the, the that subtle things that I maybe didn't catch, right. and that ambiguous ending. I'm like, you know what? I can accept that. Do you, do you know what? You spoke about it for a couple of minutes now, and I still don't actually know if you liked it or not. I did. I did enjoy it. I did. Uh, I liked it. <clears throat> the as I said, the ending was a bit of a gut punch, and I wasn't really sure. But the more I kind of think about it, I'm like, you know what? That is a decent little film, but it flopped massively. It made no money. Nobody has a fucking clue it's out. I didn't even know it was out. I just wanted something else to watch because I knew that it was going to be me and you and I wanted to kind of up my game a wee bit in terms of watching stuff. Anyway, what me and you did go watch... You and I. You and I. I always do that. What you and I did watch was uh, Peter Berg's latest effort, Mile 22, starring Mark Wahlberg. Come on. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> Ronda Rousey... <laughs> And What's his name? Rama from the Raid. Rama from the Raid. That's but right. Big I feel bad because I'll tell you why. I actually looked up his name because I'm like, I can't call this guy Rama from the Raid all the time. It's like it's, I want to it say, I want to say that it's like Alco or something, Uko or something. It is. It's, some, it's something like that. I looked up. I was like, man, I can't do this. I feel there's times where you do it and it's a laugh, but I almost feel like I'm being disrespectful because I really like this guy. Um, but yeah, his name is. Uh, Eco Uwes. I was close. Yeah, you were. Eco Uwes, I think. I think that's how, how you pronounce it. But anyway, so. He's excellent. Yeah, so. He is so let the only on. good thing about this film. I wouldn't go as far as right. Give us a synopsis. So, 
Uh, Mark Wahlberg is part of a black ops kind of team in America called Overshield. Overwatch. Overwatch. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm a gamer. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's called. Well, I mean, Overwatch is a game now as well. I guess I don't know what's going on there. Shut up. Um, yeah. So he's part of this black ops group who do all the kind of dirty jobs that the American government can't do publicly. Can't sanction. Yeah. No. Uh, and he is in the American embassy somewhere. I forget where. What country then? Uh, I think it's Malaysia. Um, when a defector comes to the gate with like a hard drive with a bunch of government secrets on it. Well, no, it's not what it's not government secrets. What it is is the locations of six pieces of cesium. Yeah, one six nine, which is a powdered form of cesium that is enough to make a major city uninhabitable. That's right, and the pro and how that kind of fits in is they were trying to find it. And they couldn't find it, so this defector having it. This is essentially the plot for Mission Impossible Fallout. Mm, no, because there's not a defector involved. But I mean, it's the same. That's the same thing that happens. Anyway, like, fuck up. Let's let's get on point. Yeah. So the the hard drive is encrypted with like a really really good encryption system where no one can break it. It's going to decay within seven hours and a rama from the raid won't tell them the password unless... Just call him Eco. Unless he is given a asylum, asylum in America. Mm-hmm. So they need to get him to the airport so he'll give them the password for the hard drive so they can find the cesium. That is the plot. The same thing is like, it's going to eat itself in eight hours. It feels like that eight hours was done you know what well, I, mean? I mean just think about how fast your day to day stuff goes by man like I thought that was the one thing that was there's a lot of time where Rama is sitting in a room being interrogated then he's not there then our stuff's going on and it's like yeah we still got like a full six hours you're like fuck off to you there's no way he's doing it you've got an hour max yeah, so we'll see that this movie left a bad taste in my mouth yeah. Uh, but like I, I kind of lost hope for it almost immediately because mm. every single character is unlikable. Mark Wahlberg. Uh, I don't know about that. Mark Wahlberg is the most fucking obnoxious cunt of a protagonist I have ever seen in a movie. You are. He is so so unlikable in this film. <laughs> you are really blowing that one out of proportion. I fucking I hated them in this like I could not not just him every single one of the American uh, staff all of them every single character I fucking hated every single one I hated the fucking dialogue I hated the performances I hated did you hate Malkovich? yeah everything I hated everything John Malkovich oh was that intentional? (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) Uh, but yeah like even just stuff like I'm just a couple of weeks ago, like I forget which film we were talking about. Like we were, I brought up Forrest Whitaker and Taken Three. Yeah. Uh, but that just got that level. You know, if you if you remember, you didn't bring up. I was like, you, I know yeah, exactly you, what you were guessed, thinking. You guessed yeah. what I was thinking. Uh, but it's got that level of bad characterization where it's just like these people are just given like quirks in the hopes that it will cover up the fact that there is no personality there uh, or likeable trait so like See, Mark Wahlberg plays with a band on his arm that's there all the time for no real reason no that's like, not uh, true rather than kind of playing chess he's like really good at jigsaws 
uh, to show yeah. that he's smart. No, what it is is at the start of the film, uh, you get this at the credit during the credit sequence, you get Mark Wahlberg's whole backstory, and what it implies is that he's on the spectrum, that he might have Asperger's syndrome. Yeah, and he plays with that band because his if his it's brain's like a, going too a fast, it's a comfort thing. Uh, but then, like, and John Malkovich, you were saying John Malkovich you hated him. I liked him in it because oh, I thought he, God, no. I thought he did quite well. There's a lot of times he just goes off in tangents. He's so just I'm like, a prick. He's like, a complete asshole, but, isn't it, man? But I, I don't know why. I just thought it fit the personality. But man, they had to show him snapping that band all the fucking a time. Lot. But then it's like on top of that as well, though. Like uh, John Malkovich's like little kind of quirk is that he wears trainers with his suit. And it's like, it's not enough that he was just a person who does that. They have to draw attention to it with dialogue because, like, you wouldn't have fucking noticed it or cared on your own. It's just cringeworthy. Like, everything about this movie is, like, so forced and unnatural and unlikable and clunky. And the the dialogue was horrible. See, like, what I'll give you this, right? I think one of the things that's kind of confusing about this film is some of the choices of editing because the film kind of takes place after the mission where Mark Wahlberg is narrating to yeah it's done, it's done in partial flashbacks where yeah. it's like it shows you stuff happening yeah. but also shows you like him a kind of debrief. in real time yeah. doing a debrief but they switch back at really odd moments yeah and I I found that to be a bit distracting uh I I thought the action scenes were fine I thought well, that's, that's, Eco that's, was good see though that's the thing within the first 20 minutes like He's not Eco Uwe's Rama from the Raid isn't even in it for the first twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, it's just Wahlberg and his team and like the really convoluted and forced backstory to that. Uh, by the first the end of the first twenty minutes, I knew that the only thing that could save that movie was the fight sequences, and then when they start, they are so over edited and so close and so shaky that they're not that enjoyable. There's a few I, there's a few good moments in there, but overall when you compare window. it when you compare it to things like uh, On Back or The Raid or any other amazing martial arts movie, even but this fucking isn't really, China O'Brien. But the China, like, uh, it just doesn't hold a candle to it. It's like no, it's hold, really, really no. badly edited. No, it's no, really no. badly right. choreographed. Hold on. It's, right, hold on. This is not Predominantly a martial arts film, though it's a character. There's sorry, there's some several characters that, that do martial arts, but for the most part, this is not like it's an it's, it's an action movie. It's like it's an action movie with that, bad action. No, I would say the action is fine. It's maybe not the best directed action because me and you talked about this, and I I don't know why every director in Hollywood who is intended on making an action film with martial arts in it isn't doing this because I would absolutely do what I'm about to say if I was in charge of making a cop film or an action film with martial arts in it I would copy exactly how it's filmed in the raid because the bar that's the bar in yeah. terms of martial yeah, arts and how it should look exactly it, that that showed you and on back as well man you can't really like Tony Jad done a lot for martial arts movies like his yeah. his stuff like I mean Ong back like when it first came out like the big deal about it was like it was all filmed in one take one shot kind of thing it wasn't like overdone with CGI and wire effects and all that sort of stuff it was him doing these particular things and nearly like, killing the folk that he fights yeah absolutely but like because he's so skilled at what he does and Iko Uwas is yeah. as well 
Like, uh, you don't need to cover up the choreography with mm. editing, but they do it in this anyway, and it took away like so much of the enjoyment. There, uh, was, there was only a few bits in it that were genuinely great. Like, the car window. Car excellent. window. That excellent. is easily the best scene. The thing is, I remember watching the trailer for this film, and I'm like, okay, I know exactly what this is going to be. See, coming out of the film, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was definitely worse than I was expecting. I was just like, yeah, this is a Peter Berg film with Mark Wahlberg in it, and it just happens to have Big Raid in it, and Ronda Rousey, and you're like, yeah, this is a film about a task force, and they're taking this guy from one side to the the thing to the other. And I'm like, yeah, and that's pretty much what I got. And I'm not going to lie, I got a bit excited when it came up 18 rated. It's a thing you don't see much of, and especially when it's an action film of some kind, you know they're not going to hold back. Yeah, and I mean that was good. Mm. Like the, the there was parts of this that were enjoyable, but overall, like the the start of it really soured me on it and the editing during the action sequences. I like the end. Just kind of the end was all right. I like the end. I thought they, I but thought they did a really good job. It with just it. just overall, man. Like I I was bored for a lot of it. Like I. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Overall, I would say it was quite poor. And then it leaves it open to a sequel, which I would watch. Then, like, we—I don't want to waste it. Like, it's not like so bad that it just deserves to be ripped apart, like the Predator was last oh, week. Oh no, it's not even as bad. Uh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Like the, this film is still relatively enjoyable. Yeah, uh, It's just disappointing. It's just not anything stand out. There's no, there's no real reason to watch no, it. There's no real reason to hate on it either. No, you'll watch this film. And then a week forget later, yeah, you'll yeah. forget about it. It'll be lost in amongst those kind of like that, movies. That ending has a decent kind of payoff. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. But at the same time, something happens in it which I'm quite confused about. And it is entirely to do with the intent of the villain and why somebody doesn't die. Well, <laughs> like, we, we will talk about that. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. We could talk about it off air. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's a it's quite a shitty week for films. I mean, Mile Twenty Two is probably if you like your action movies, that'll be the highlight of your week. It's been quite a shitty year for films. Let's be ah, honest. It's not been that bad. It's not been that bad. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about it. No, that's that's fine. Ain't we did it? Go good. Go the, check out. Also, like all that stuff with like the like I don't know what the actress's name is, but her character name was Alice. Mm-hmm. What was her name? Do you know uh, who she is? I can't remember. The like name. all this stuff with a her husband, like husband and child, and like that little kind of portable family phone device thing that she had. Mm. Like they seemed to give that so much importance that like I thought there was going to be some kind of point to it within the story. Yeah, then, yeah. The whole I think the whole the, the whole point I think of that character in general and that thing was just to show that normally whenever you see these sort of th- films it's like the guy is so involved with his work and his career that he has to kind of you know basically sacrifice his family life for it and instead in this one it was a woman like they, I, just, they paid so much attention to it it was like just hitting you over the fucking head with it uh, yeah like there, there, there was, was a, no payoff there, there was, was a, no payoff there was a lot of time given to that I personally uh, well you say there was no payoff it was almost as if it was we'll, supposed to be like we'll get to that um, I mean you'll talk about it off, offline um, but no the thing is they do give that a lot of time and the only thing I could think of was is this to show that she is in a very stressful situation and that might come into play where she fucks up something completely during this mission? And it doesn't. It, it doesn't, 
but there is a bit of a I, payoff. Okay, I, I, I remember the bit that you were yeah. hinting at now. Yeah. I still don't really get to see any of that, I guess, and I don't know. I just... I know. I was not a fan of this film. It's not terrible, but it just wasn't good either. It was so completely middle of the line, middle of the road. I Again, I didn't expect anything amazing, it was exactly what I thought it would be. Mark Wahlberg is the worst protagonist <laughs> of all time in God this film. That's uh, harsh. Like I, I find it hard to believe that anybody could watch that and think, my God, he was so cool. It, it felt like somebody I, no, watched, I don't think he was supposed to be cool. If, no, but it felt like everybody watched... Sorry, it felt like the writer of this watched every Quentin Tarantino movie and then tried to make one of Quentin Tarantino's kind of sassy, rude characters okay. and just fucking failed at it like I, miserably I, I, I don't think Mark Wahlberg's character in this is supposed to be likeable or cool he's all business he's just fast talking and crude for no reason and it just it felt like Ice Station Zero-esque this guy who wrote it thought he was writing the coolest thing of all time how long did that gunfight go for? 45 pages <laughs> <laughs> I've never read a novel where it involves a gunfight yeah, there you go Never been a gunfight that goes on for a third of the book. One gun is that fight. one chapter, or does that crossover? I, I don't even remember, man. Yeah, That's okay. like, it's... well, that was mile twenty-two, and that was Raptors in the Kitchen. Um, so for for this title's episode, can I use can I reuse the uh, mile twenty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Am I right, line or a uh, was was uh, the Ocean's know, Eight one and done? Do you know it's you're editing it, man? So you you do what you want. It's fine. That's Where can fine. people find you if they want to reach you, Tommy? Uh, at Vast Destruction on Twitter. I'm very rarely on it, but hey, if if you want to tweet me, I'll maybe say something back. Where can they find the podcast? Well, where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at Paco Ruk on Twitter. The podcast uh, is uh, at Raptors Podcast. You can also find Neil uh, at Scorch Eight Hundred Eight. That is, if he's not been kidnapped. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing if you listen to this, it's kind of pointless to tell you. You can find this episode on SoundCloud, Facebook, and iTunes. But what isn't pointless is you could also share it. I'm looking at you, the people in. Quickly change to the internet tab. Oh no, it's not Grassonville, Maryland. Like, okay, like and share this podcast with your other American friends. Uh, what else have we got? Who else? People in Kuwait, Arlington, Texas. Yeah, you guys, the two of you that listened like and share thanks guys yeah I'm, I mean by the t-shirt Paco's sounding very kind of I don't know aggressive <laughs> uh, but thanks for listening guys but yeah and you can get us we're on Facebook as well also the the one person in the Aman Jordan sweet yeah hey. but there you go that's uh, that is us uh, I won't be here next week but Neil and Paco will be delivering that oddball chocolate hopefully we've seen stuff who knows what's in it Anyway, that'll do it for this week.